welcome to the FBA Profit with your hosts Zuby and Leland. Broadcasting from California, home of the highest and lowest places in mainland US, Mount Whitney and F Valley respectively. Hi, welcome to the Zuby and Leland Pro Asins podcast. I'm Leland. And I'm Zuby. Look, getting better, not as clunky. Um, <laughs> uh, we're here to coach, share, talk about Amazon, Seller Central, FBA, all kinds of great acronyms after that. But it's really to educate and to drive uh, people to you know join us in this community, right? So we're on Facebook. You can find us at Profitable Pro ASINs. There's a group there on Facebook. You can also go to our website. All of that stuff's linked together. Website's at uh, ProAsins, P-R-O-A-S-I-N-S.com. Um, join us, talk to us, email, text us, all that kind of good stuff. We'd love to hear from people. Um, but for today, we're furthering the education, the coaching, if you will, on joining the world of uh, fulfillment by Amazon using Seller Central and more specifically, how to open up a Seller Central account, um, which, uh, you know, somebody like me uh, thinking you fill out a form, maybe you wait for that email to come back to verify it's really re- you, and then you can you can go. But I, I don't think that's how you do it, is it, Zuby? It's, it's, not, it's not as simple as that. There, there are a few uh, steps that you want to take before you uh, go into the form uh, to fill out. Uh, Amazon definitely wants a wants to make sure that you are a real uh, bona fide individual or business and that you are serious about selling. So they do require specific things um, during the application process. And, and, and we'll go uh, over sort of a macro picture of, of what those things are so that um, if and when you're ready to open your Amazon seller account, um, you know, at least you know what to have in hand uh, to get started. So Amazon, um, we, we recommend seven different things for, for you to have in place um, and have the information handy before logging in to uh, start your application to open up a Seller Central account. Um, Amazon needs a legal business name, address, and contact information. Now, your business name could be your personal name. It's something that, you know, it's it's a personal choice whether you want to set up a corporation, LLC, C-Corp, S-Corp, uh, partnership, or you want to do it as your uh, as an individual um, or a uh, DBA. Uh, we started. My wife started this business uh, under her name and did a DBA under our kids' names. Um, and uh, just recently, I was uh, I decided to go ahead and convert it to an S corp. But uh, th- there are benefits to you know having a, a corporation, and there are benefits to have being a sole proprietorship. Uh, and having it under your name. Those are things that you would need to discuss with your accountant um, and uh, figure out what's best for you. But at the very minimum, you will need to know and make that decision and have that information. The contact information and address could be just your cell phone and your home address, or you can get a PO box, um, or actually, if you have an office, you can use the office. Amazon does require um, a an email address. Uh, that'll be number two. Uh, where they can, uh, when you do sign up for an Amazon seller account, that email address is going to be the main point of contact between Amazon and you. So it's important to have uh, an email address that uh, you check continuously once you file your application. Um, on that front, we do recommend not using your personal email account. Um, my wife did, 
and she started once we started getting sales uh, she would get literally hundreds of emails from Amazon on a daily basis uh, Amazon uses that uh, email address to let you know hey somebody just placed an order hey we just fulfilled that order and shipped it to them hey somebody returned say hey, somebody had a question hey we did this hey we did that it, it, there, there's a thousand different things that Amazon will uh, will contact you about. So it's good to have a uh, you know set up a free Gmail account uh, for your for your Amazon business and use that. But make sure that you check it on a regular basis. Um, third, um, Amazon requires you to have a credit card that is quote unquote internationally chargeable. What that means is that they want to make sure that it's a valid credit card from Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover. Um, they don't want it to be a prepaid card. Um, and uh, the, the billing address should match your uh, business address that you provided to them. Uh, fourth is a phone number. Um, it, you should use your cell phone. We recommend using your cell phone for this. You will not get called by Amazon um, ever. Uh, you, you might get called once or twice, but, but for the most part, the only time they will call you is if you request a call from them. So you don't need to worry about your phone, phone number being published or anything. It's just as a backup to the email. Um, and then some of the legalities. Um, they need a employer identif identification number. Uh, so the EIN you can get from uh, the IRS's website. It's a fairly simple uh, process. Um, it's about 15, 10 to 15 minutes uh, of uh, you know logging on and just filling out the application, and you'll have it right then and there. Uh, they also require a uh, bank account, um, so you need to make sure you set up a bank account specifically for your business, and it's actually in the name that you use for your seller central account, whether it's your personal name or a business name, whatever it is, it has to match. Um, and they they will require uh, you to submit a statement. So make sure you get when you set up a bank account with whichever bank you choose. If it's a new account, make sure you're able to have the the bank generate a uh, bank statement for you fairly quickly. Um, and then lastly, a seller's permit. Um, this is something that um, you can get from your state. Um, for if we're in California. So we get it from the California Tax and Fee Administration, but uh, wherever you are, if you have to uh, collect uh, sales tax for your state, then you will need to get a seller's permit uh, from your state representatives. Those are the seven things that we would recommend um, you have in place before you actually start your the process of um, of submitting for a seller central account. One of the things that most people run into um, that I ran into as 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 a it's just cumbersome and and really annoying um, is for both the bank account and the seller permit, uh, they ask you for a NAICS code, uh, which basically is a code that identifies what your business activity is. Um, and and th there's no such thing as an e-commerce or Amazon code. So, what we have used is uh, there's one that's four five two three one nine is the code, and it's for all other general merchandise stores, and that's what we've used and haven't had any issues. Uh, the reason I say this is because this was something that took much longer than it needed to for both uh, opening a bank account for us and for getting the seller's permit. So, uh, whenever I talk to somebody and they tell me, "Hey, they're ready to start uh, opening their uh, seller central account," I, I, I 
this is this is this was one of those key pieces of information that if I had when I was setting setting it up, it would have saved me an hour or two. So I'm ashamed to simple. I'm ashamed to admit in about nine out of ten, like ninety percent of the businesses that I've started, I have to scroll and keep scrolling looking mm-hmm. for it, and then I never really find you know exactly because yeah. it, it I'm not in retail, I'm not uh, mining or manufacturing. It, it's been strange but yeah i could see how you could spend an exorbitant amount of time on whatever the code is and especially e-commerce I, def, I don't there's no they should they should add it it would make sense right you, you think with amazon being like the one of the largest companies on the planet and they have more you know retail shops and i think there are retail shops maybe they want to add that to it and be easier to track but you know who am i yeah i i, I don't know who came up with those codes but um there's, in my opinion, there's a lot of duplicates in there, um, and and they've tried to dig really deep into: Are you a wholesaler of this? Are you a retailer of this? You know, specific product or specific category, and and yet they've left some of the biggest uh, sectors out of it. So, but that's just us uh, venting here. Uh, it's I don't think it's in our power to change any of that. But you know. If you are going to open your Seller Central account, now you have a number to give. Um, and uh, I can tell you it hasn't caused us any issues yet. So, yeah. Secret sauce is out there. There you go. That's that's the one, uh, one little caveat, one little nugget of uh, uh, information you just picked up from us. But yeah, so that that's that's those are the key things that you want to have when you are opening up your Seller Central account. The process is fairly simple. Uh, you can just... Google Open Seller Central, Amazon Seller Central account, and the link will come up there. You can go to Amazon.com, and there's a there's a link on the main page um, that says sell sell on Amazon. You can click that. There's a multitude of different ways you can go ahead and find that page where you start your application, and the application process doesn't take that long. Uh, and as long as you have all your ducks in a row and all this information that we just talked about uh, handy. Uh, you should be approved to have a uh, Seller Central account within 24 hours, if not sooner. Um, now, when you do apply, uh, you have two different options, uh, an individual Seller Central account or a professional Seller Central account. Uh, the difference is the pro, pro Seller Central account has a monthly fee of $39.99, whereas the individual one does not. Uh, the individual one does not, uh, you are not um, qualified for the FBA program, whereas you have to have a pro account to be uh, selling as an FBA. Uh, when you have an individual account, um, you are charged 99 cents for every single item that you sell. So at any time, if you go over 40 items in a month, then you're paying more um, selling as an individual than you would as a, as a pro subscriber. So it's a no-brainer that you should be, uh, uh, if you are serious about selling on Amazon, you should have a pro subscription. Um, and uh, your first month, you will have, you'll be in the red because it takes a while to get the products purchased and shipped to Amazon and ready for sale and then sell and then have the money there. Um, so, you know, your first month, you'll you'll be charged, your credit card will be charged uh, $39.99 for that, but it's well worth it uh, for growth and for continuously making sure that you have the buy box advantage, you are selling FBA, you are, um, it's definitely worth it. So we would highly recommend. I would say it's no different than if you're going to open up a retail shop. I mean, short of doing your own eBay with no advertising, 
it's the same as having a retail store. You have to secure the lease, get the, you know, shelving right. You got to put everything. So you're, you're outlaying money, probably I'm definitely longer in brick and mortar environment, but you know, for 40 bucks to get up and running and then you have to ship everything, uh, much easier than trying to do it, you know, on your own or have your own retail store. That's for sure. But yep. same concept, right? It's, it is, it's, it's a good analogy. And, uh, yeah, you know, what what we just discussed is a very simplistic approach to or, or discussion of of Seller Central. Mm-hmm. Um, Seller Central has I've been doing this for years, and I still haven't gone through every single piece of like, every single link and every report and every uh, area that Seller Central has uh, data and information for sellers on. Um, so it, it there's a plethora of information on that uh, on that platform. Um, for us as sellers, uh, it's important to focus, and and we've touched the touched based on this uh, in some past podcasts, where it's it's important to stay focused in the field and area uh, area that we are concentrating on. If it's a arbitrage model we're on, it's important to just fully understand and grasp all the data and the numbers of our business model. Um, mm-hmm. You know, learning what a brand uh, brand registry brand brand registered a seller uh, learning all their KPI and their metrics is not going to help us. Um, and uh, being a brand that we only have specific products and that is specifically ours will not help us learn if, if we learned uh, arbitrage business model. So it's it's important to just keep focus on those areas of Seller Central that are going to help you uh, achieve your goals in the business model you've chosen on Amazon. Um, and, you know, that's where our services come in or other services out there where, um, you know, you have coaching and you have training um, that help you understand which areas of Seller Central you should concentrate on and which you can sort of, you know, leave for later. Yeah, definitely. The crawl, walk and run analogy yes. works really well there. You can get going, get your account up, start shipping stuff in and then you got to figure out, OK, how do I communicate? If somebody's trying to get a hold of me and then the layers begin, oh, it's the end of the month. What what, what did my numbers look like? Yeah, it, different layers. Absolutely. And so you're you're making a transition. And I just want to make sure we're OK with doing it right here because now you're mentioning KPIs, which in the Amazon world is different. You want to make that transition now or there, would there's, was there more to talk about in regards to opening up your seller central account? No, I think that that's that's the just of opening the seller central account it's not uh you know rocket science um it's just something that i wanted to we wanted to make sure that we got out there as far as some of the the key documents and information you want to have in place before you really uh start your application i'll bite you can start an application and then pause it go get the information and come back but it's just you know those are those are extra steps that are not needed and if you're listening, and it, this is my invite, because the, the getting that stuff ready, some of my favorite part, like starting the business, what making those decisions, you know, what's the vehicle that you're, is it going to be a C corp, a DBA? If you have any kind of questions about that, you can reach out to us. We're, we're both, you know, both have MBA, so not that we're experts in it, but we're schooled in it. Uh, ultimately, your attorney or your accountant would probably give the best advice, although sometimes both of those say two different things depending on what you're trying to do. But um, that that's my favorite part is getting all of those things lined up and, uh, you know, then, of course, getting ready to go. But to make that transition now, so you mentioned KPIs. So 
we're going to start doing something in a future podcast that anytime an acronym is thrown out that you think or I think is not you know, known by the general population, uh, we should probably stop and explain it. So why don't you tell me and everybody else listening what a KPI is and then what Amazon calls it? Because I think they're the same thing. Well, before we do that, uh, have you come up with a with, with the musical note that you're going to play every time I, I do that? Where I, yeah, I, I don't know yet. I don't know <laughs> if, it, if it's just going to be, you know, uh, ring a bell or put it in post or something, but we'll, we'll figure something out. You got to uh, figure something out. I, I really like I, that idea. I realize I do too, but we probably have to go it both ways because, uh, you know, I, I like to talk too, and I, I'll probably throw out a few of the acronyms also, so I need to be busted on it. Um, all, I, I, anyway, but uh, some of those prior podcasts were interesting because you know, BSR, FBA, and it just kept going. There was a couple that I didn't even know. And, you know, we're at uh, just a few minutes into the podcast and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write that note. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then like 15 minutes later, it's like, oh, uh, should I really go? <laughs> should I claw back <laughs> and ask what it was? So yeah, we'll, we'll figure out some way to to bust each other on them. It's, it's so. funny you brought up BSR because uh, we have a, a client right now that, um, Whenever he's uh, going through our list of profitable license and and selecting certain products that he wants to purchase, I've asked him to uh, send me that list first and give me his reasonings as to why he thinks those are good products for him to sell. Mm-hmm. So he always and and he's picked it up very quickly. Uh, but he always mentions whenever he wants to talk about the uh, uh, the bestseller rank, he says uh, the ASR is too high or the ASR is too low. And I keep asking him, like, why are you saying ASR? He says, well, it's the average seller rank, right? I'm like, no, 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 it's the best seller rank. So, yeah, you're right. It is important because it can, once you, especially in the beginning when you're learning something, once it gets ingrained in your in your system, in your mind, uh, it's hard to then change it. Um, yeah. So it's good to, right off the bat, catch those. So with that said, uh, KPI. KPI stands for Key, key Performance Indicators. Uh, the, and what Amazon calls them on their Seller Central side is IPI or Inventory Performance Index. Um, what what that is, is it's Amazon's, well, I, I guess the Inventory Performance Index is specifically designed uh, to tell you how well you are doing with your uh, inventory and its sell-through. Uh, the KPI, the Key Performance Indicators, there's a lot more to it than just the inventory, but but for our intents and purposes right now, we're talking about the in- inventory performance index, uh, which is it's comprised of four uh, components. Uh, Amazon's algorithm actually determines how well you're doing in your inventory uh, and sell through based on these four performances. And the reason why these th- this IPI score is so important is because if you fall below a specific number, uh, that number used to be 350, now it's 400 um, as of last year. Late last year, the Amazon changed it from 350 to 400. Um, if you fell below the 400 mark, uh, you are no longer able to have unlimited storage in FBA warehouses. Um, what that means is if your uh, IPI score is 350 or 390, you're only given, you know, 10 cubic feet or 50 cubic feet of storage um, you because Amazon deems you as a seller that is not trustworthy, that doesn't understand the importance of uh, maintaining uh, good sell-through, uh, good inventory health. Um, so they want to make sure that you are doing everything you can to not 
uh, inundate their inventory, their their warehouses with inventory that doesn't sell, uh, with the excess inventory, and that you are continuously sending in inventory that is selling uh, and selling that inventory and repricing your product. So they reward people and sellers who are taking the time to understand their inventory metrics and really work at ensuring that they maintain a high enough uh, IPI score to have. And and the reward is absolutely tremendous. You know, having unlimited storage ca- capacity to send in products to Amazon FBA. Um, you can you can expand and grow your your uh, your business so fast with that having that um, that uh, right or that potential. Um, the the four key areas that Amazon looks at for the IPI are excess inventory, uh, sell through, stranded inventory, and in stock inventory. What that means, the first one, excess inventory, they want to make sure, like I just said, that you your inventory is moving. It, it isn't just sitting at a uh, Amazon FBA warehouse uh, collecting dust. Um, they do charge uh, storage fees, uh, and the longer it sits on there, uh, the, the the higher those storage fees get. Um, they, those those fees really ramp up after 12 months. Uh, they're called long-term storage fees, and they they become like four times, five times uh, higher than they normally are. And then during Q4, your storage fees are three to four times higher than they are during Q1 through Q3 uh, because Q4 is, is is an amazing time on Amazon and they want to make sure that they have uh, sufficient in, uh, space for all the excess inventory they're going to be getting in there for sales because people buy in droves on Q4. Well, and and so you're mentioning right. So quarter four, you're talking about the last three. Uh, sorry to really drag this out, but you're talking about the last three months of the year, and this is all about Christmas. All about Christmas it's, or seasonal shopping, right? So it's uh, people. If you, uh, this was new for me to understand on an inventory, um, you know, December. Most people shop in December. Maybe if you're early, you're starting around Thanksgiving or so, but the process to get your inventory in has to be before that. So June and July is when you start. <laughs> More secret sauce. There you go. Yes. So you have to be ahead of the curve and that Q4, the space in their warehouse has value because things are moving. And so if you were to put something in that was, you know, taking up space, that's an opportunity for somebody else to move their stuff through. And also for Amazon to, you know, I'm sure they don't want to, just be uh, a warehouse and hold your well, stuff. Amazon right. makes a lot more money on a sale of a product than on storing the product. Um, it's a win they, for everybody, right? Everybody's going to get the the drink at the till, right? Because it's moving through. They just don't want it to sit there and and, and rot. But anyway, I didn't mean to stop you on that. But yeah, the um, Q4 is all about the seasonal shopping. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Between between Thanksgiving, well, between. Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Q4 is is a beast in itself. Um, so you so, pay a little bit more for the uh, the storage, but you're making, in theory, you should be making a lot more if you've prepared early enough and put in inventory. You right? pay you pay a lot more for storage, and your sales should be a lot lot more. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the way to go to minimize it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's, it's a very. I mean, Q4. I'm I'm sure we're going to be doing a. a as we get closer to Q4, we're going to do a, a very detailed podcast on it um, because it's it's such a crucial time. Um, you know, 
Black Friday. Not not to not to digress too too far from our topic, but Black Friday for those uh, I'm sure most people know, but anybody who doesn't know, the reason why it's called Black Friday is because, and this happens in end of November, um, is because historically it's the first time in the year where retailers finally turn a profit. That means after 11 months. They've been they've been going through and doing business in the red, and then finally in at the end of November, the day after Thanksgiving, is when they finally turn a profit and their books turn from red to black. Um, and yet between Black Friday and the end of the year, there everything else is just pure profit for them. It just blows up. So mm-hmm. it is so so big. Q4 when it comes to any kind of retail, whether it's in e-commerce or brick and mortar, that um, it, it if you're if you're reselling or selling anything to the to the public, uh, you want to make sure that you fully understand Q4 as much as possible and that you prepare for it as much as possible. So, All right, so that's sorry, it. I hijacked that. I just wanted to talk about it. So you were at excess inventory. You, you, you know, gonna... you know how Q4 makes me feel, man. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's I know. We're gonna, choice. we're gonna have to do a whole series on it. It's, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's your favorite time of the year. Cue the really Christmas is. music in the background. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, you know, for for Amazon, Q4 is amazing. But the the only time or the only day that that uh, kind of meets Q4 or beats Q4 is Prime Day. Um, so for them, I mean, we just we, we've talked about this uh, in previous podcasts that for them to have postponed um, Prime Day uh, due to the COVID-19 thing was such a major thing because their sales go through the roof on that day. And but, it's a, like a different month than December. Yeah, nor- <laughs> yeah normal, normally it's in July. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we, we, we you, uh, you covered excess inventory as one of those four components that they're measuring on the IPI. The next one is sell through. Yeah, it's sell through, which is, you know, again, these are all, all four of them have to do with inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sell through just means how quickly your products are selling uh, once it hits, once you list them and it gets to Amazon's warehouses. The faster they sell, the higher your score is going to be. Uh, the more products you have sitting there and not uh, sort of flowing through the Amazon uh, portal, uh, the the lower your score gets. Amazon wants you to have items that are selling fast. And if they're not selling fast, they will give you suggestions on what you need to do to help those uh, those items sell fast. Again, like we talked, uh, we've, we've talked on numerous occasions, Amazon Seller Center p- platform is full of data and full of reports and full of suggestions to help sellers uh, figure out how to make make the most out of their business on Amazon. And so one of the things they do they do provide is data. hey, these are these items are not selling through. There's low conversion on these uh, on these items. So then they make a suggestion for you on each of those items, whether Amazon's algorithm believes you should lower the price, create a sale, uh, remove the inventory um, or uh, create some kind of an advertising either on uh, you know pay-per-click advertising on Amazon or off Amazon but they will give you options as to what you need to do and what those which which items are selling are not selling fast enough and what they would recommend you do uh, to get them to sell through and the longer those items sit without you doing anything about it the lower your score gets on that uh, category the next uh, line would be stranded inventory. Uh, stranded inventory basically means that you submitted or you shipped uh, a 
something uh, or a bunch of uh, items to Amazon, and for whatever reason, um, it is not it is deemed inactive and it's stranded. Amazon cannot list it, um, and then you, they don't want you to have stranded inventory in their warehouses. They want you to fix it. And the, the reasons, that there, there's a number of different reasons why any inventory would go stranded. Uh, it could be that between the time you shipped it and the time it got to the warehouse, or by the time uh, it, you know, it, it, you've been selling it, but the items have, you haven't fully sold through the entire, uh, your entire inventory and the brand restricted that item, or you got restricted from selling the, in that category or in that brand. And, and so it went to stranded. So you have to then apply to uh, be able to, re- to to sell that product. And sometimes your application goes through right away and sometimes it doesn't. And you have to recall those products and figure out a different way to sell them or return them to wherever you purchased them from. Uh, it could be because your price is too high. Uh, Amazon feels that, especially during this coronavirus uh, timeframe, there was a lot of price gouging. So Amazon's... Uh, algorithm got changed to notice any product that is being listed at way above what it normally sells for. And if that was the case, they would um, at first put that product on as stranded inventory. And on some occasions and certain products, they they just automatically dinged your account as price gouging and completely deactivated that listing uh, from your listing from their catalog. Amazon did that too. Uh, over a million different products uh, during that time frame. Um, so there's a, and, and there's a number of other reasons why your product goes stranded. Um, but it's very important to keep an eye on that section um, because it's not that hard to fix it. Uh, but if you don't pay attention to it and then it sits there for months and months, it could really damage your, uh, your account health. And then uh, the last thing is the in-stock inventory. Um, so this goes back to Amazon wanting to make money off of you. And... <laughs> wanting you to make money too, I guess. Um, Because if you have products that are selling well um, and you run out of it, uh, well, everybody loses on that front. You don't make money off of it. Amazon doesn't make money off of the sales. So Amazon's very keen on making sure that they let you know when you have uh, inventory that's gone inactive, that is uh, is no longer um, listed actively uh, because you've run out of stock. And they want to remind you that, hey, you are uh, running out of stock on this inventory and they want you to re- replenish it because it's selling well. You want to keep on replenishing. And and their algorithm actually gives you a recommendation of how many mm-hmm. they think you should send in. So I've been really impressed with that whole um, section, module, whatever you want to call it within Seller Central for inventory. Uh, years ago, um, uh, in-law had a, a shoe store uh, in, in, a, in a prominent area in, in L.A., and part of the challenge that I saw her go through was the managing of the inventory, especially with something like shoes is changing very quickly, like the styles are changing and you have to buy stock and it's not like you're just buying one pair, it's the multiple sizes and all of that. And one of the things that I was working her w- with her on was a spreadsheet, right? To try to keep track of when inventory would become so dead that you would be willing to take the loss to then move that money out. Otherwise, it's just dead money and it's just going to sit there. And I, I'm very impressed that uh, almost all of that has already worked out for you and not only worked out for you within the, the, the platform, it's ahead of you. Like it's working in your benefit 
tracking time and letting you know ahead of time. We have some products where it's regularly letting, because we have good sell-through, it's saying, hey, it's, it's time to order and you should probably get this much. It's a good reminder and, and we can put our pencils to the paper and figure out if we want to do what they're saying, but it is very efficient. Yes. Uh, inventory planning and inventory management is not something that people get intrinsically or just understand intuitively. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a science behind it. Um, and uh, Amazon has figured out the science, I think. Um, and uh, they're really helping third-party sellers to, uh, to take advantage of their uh, knowledge and what they, what they have figured out. And, you know, I, I don't think enough sellers take full advantage of, of that information because um, there's so many different factors that determine whether you want to send an inventory or whether an inventory was um, was actually uh, the kind of was returning the kind of profits that you wanted to have. That a lot of sellers just say, well, you know, Amazon's um, algorithm is just saying that I I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm just going to go based on my own. Uh, determination, which is which is perfectly fine, except that not taking into account Amazon's algorithm is actually you're leaving a lot of data and information on the table that could help you assess whether or not you made a mistake or do your numbers were not completely accurate. Um, I can I can attest that when we when I first got into this business, I missed a lot of sales because I wasn't prepared uh, well enough on on really good selling products. Yeah, and that lead time. So I'm I'm curious because when you started. If I can ask you a question, you were mentioning the four components in this measurement, right? Uh, 400 is that threshold. So as you're marching through on your uh, FBA, your, on your account, and uh, whatever number you're at, if you start going down towards this magic 400, are you notified? Do they let you know? Uh, well, it's on the front page of your account when you log in. Um, so I've never see it all gotten below it below the 400 but i know for a fact that if you fall to a point where you no longer have um uh, unlimited storage capacity they will definitely notify you to tell you to get rid of to get take your inventory out of their warehouses uh they don't mess around when they say you need to have and and they won't let you ship any more inventory in um, if you have a brand new account and it's not a pro account or it is a pro account but um you know you've had some some mishaps and uh, your KPI or your IPI is down, um, they won't let you ship any any products in. Right. Uh, so it's it's important. And it's also important to note that um, although this isn't uh, advertised and Amazon has not said it, but enough people have analyzed the IPI algorithm to understand that the importance of each category is ranked in the rank we just went through. Mm. Excess inventory is the most important thing. You want to minimize that as much as possible. Sell through, the second most important thing. Stranded inventory, in-stock inventory, or third and fourth. They, they don't have as much weight in the calculation of your IPI score. Mm -hmm. uh, the two top ones, the excess inventory and the sell through, are the ones where if you don't pay attention to those two things, um, even if you are perfect, there, there's no zero items in stranded inventory and you're in stock inventories at 100%, you could still be well, clo very close to 400, um, if not below it, if you have way too much excess inventory and your sell through is not good. So it's, it, in short, it shouldn't be a surprise to get to 400 if you're logging in and being attentive to your 
storefront, if you will, to Seller mm -hmm. Central, you're going to see that momentum and you should probably know it, especially if you're checking uh, inventory. And uh, I also think it's important to note, and you can correct me if you have a different opinion on this. This is like it can be crippling for your store, but think about it from the point of view of um, I, I flip it the other way. It's protecting those who are performing, right? So this is a way to weed out the the the, the trying to find the right the chafe, right? It's those who aren't performing and getting in the way because you need the inventory, you need those hands to be moving your product, you need the attention on what you need to do for your throughput as opposed to filling the warehouse full of things that, you know, aren't moving, they're stranded, it's excess, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And Amazon, the, the it's not that they recalculate your uh, IPI every day. Um, it happens once a week. I believe it's every Sunday. Um, and on Monday morning, you will have your new score. In general, uh, at least for my accounts uh, that I've seen and, and our, our client accounts that, are, that we have seen, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't move more than two points uh, either way. Um, if you're doing, if you're just taking the the steps to slowly fix the issues that are there, um, you need to make you know unless you're if you have five thousand items in your excess inventory and you create a removal order for all five thousand mm -hmm. of them, then it will have a major impact and you know more than significant move your IPI significantly higher. Uh, but if you're just going through the motions and, and working on it on a daily basis, um, it's not like you're going to go from 450 down to 350 overnight or, or in one week. Um, right. You're going to have plenty of, of time to fix it if you're going down. And, and if you are on a downward trajectory, then it means, hey, pay closer attention to it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you went from 480 down to 420, uh, it's time to make that a priority fixing your, the health of your account and your inventory uh, becomes a top priority for you at that time. Which is a nice way to kind of step back. So this IPI is one KPI. It's one key performance indicator. We don't have to get into it now, but maybe for a future discussion, it would be what are some other key performance indicators to keep track of, either through the platform or separately as you're walking through this FBA experience? Well, your, your account health is, health is the number one thing that you want to keep, keep track of. And um, within the account health, uh, you know, they, they go through how many different uh, IP complaints have you had, how many different inauthentic claims have you had, how many different, um, you know, if, if you're doing full, full, uh, merchant fulfillment, how many A to Z guaranteed uh, claims have you had, how many um, credit card chargebacks claims have you had? So there, there's a lot of different metrics that uh, Amazon uses to try to ensure that uh, the sellers on its platform are uh, being customer oriented and customer centric the way that they are. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, if you get too many, uh, you know, so, some, some accounts can get uh, deactivated if they get two different uh, inauthentic claims uh, from brands saying, hey, they're selling fake products of, of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, some accounts could get 40 of them and not get uh, suspended. Again, it's Amazon's uh, algorithm and, and how it works is, is, a, is as tightly held secret as folks' recipe is. But um, it's, it's something that, you know, you, you just don't want to take that risk. Um, you want to keep a very close eye to your overall account health and uh, all the different uh, performance indicators. And, and th th there, there are hundreds of them, I believe. Um, it's just it's a matter of 
which ones do you pay closer attention to? And Amazon actually points it out to you. Whenever you get any kind of a complaint against you, you will get an email uh, notifying you of such. And it's very important to pay close attention to Amazon's emails. Uh, once you start selling, you will get inundated, especially if you have set it up on your Seller Central account to where you're being notified for every sale and every return and every shipment. Uh, you're going to get inundated with emails. Um, it's very important to at least glance at those emails and understand, hey, this is just a sales email as opposed to this is an email from Amazon telling me something's wrong or something's off on my account. You cannot miss those emails. And there's also uh, links on your Seller Central account where you can go to check your case log and check the messages and all of that. So there's there's different ways where you can keep track of it, but it's important to be actively aware of it and intentionally checking on, on them at least a couple of times a week. Good stuff. All right. Anything else on uh, KPI, IPI? I think that's it for today. We I think awesome. we, we hit a lot of really good things. Thank you for listening to FBA Profits. Visit us at our website www.fbaprofits.us for more details like our Facebook group and Twitter for timely news and events.